0: thursday night 8 p.m you know what that means it's time for your big old belt wrestling podcast and folks we got a lot to talk about tonight sting's last match is this weekend at aew revolution so we are going to talk about that look back on the icon sting his career how he's hanging it up and is this truly the end of the road for sting we got to get into that we got to look at the revolution card got to look at what happened at elimination chamber as the road to WrestleMania evolves, and so much more. Stay with us, folks, and buckle in. Your Big Old Belt Wrestling podcast starts right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big Old Belt.
1: Big old belt, Big Old Belt.
0: How is it going, everybody? We are glad you are here with us on this fine Thursday night. Your big old belt wrestling podcast is live. Season 4, Episode 5, dropping here tonight with quite the full house this evening. We got Silly Sellers up there at the top of the screen to my left. We got Giant Crab down there on the bottom left. And Uh below me, Damian G, coming in from the Lone Star State with his NWO shirt. I mean, hat, hat, rocking right there.
2: Glad Next to week will be the women. shirt. There you go. There
0: you go. I got one of those in my closet too. So hey, we got rep NWO for life, one way or another. Yeah, right. Glad to see everyone here tonight, guys. We got a lot to talk about. So hell, I said, let's just get right into it. Because Sting, this is it. This is it. It's the end of the road. I think they when did they announced this back in the fall. This is, this yeah, is months ago. For, yeah, a while ago. It was before New Year. So Mm -hmm. AEW led the groundwork on this quite a ways in advance. I want to say it might have been November or so, but here we are. AEW Revolution this weekend in Greensboro at the Greensboro Coliseum. And it is Sting's final match, teaming with Darby Allin versus the Young Bucks for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. I'm assuming that'll be the main event because Lord knows it's gotten the most promotion out of all this, so I think everything else on the card is kind of, it's there, but this has got to be what it's all about this Sunday night, I would say, in Greensboro. So here we are, a guy that's been wrestling since the mid-80s that truly someone my age grew up with and saw in many different incarnations. Here we are at that. He's hanging up the boots, or at least he's saying he is, because we know how wrestling is. Wrestling retirements never seem to uh, stick quite like they should, but hell. He's in his 60s, so I give him credit for waiting this long to to do it. 64, 64, (laughs) like Nintendo. There you go. Let's throw this out here first. Quick around the table. Mm. Favorite incarnation of Sting? Celis, I'm going to you.
3: That's easy. Hands down. NWO Wolfpack Sting. That was probably my first. That's famous, 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 famous Sting. That I mean... It's not the classic Sting that you have. It's not the the black and white Sting, but it was just an edgier version of Sting that you just loved doing a huge, probably the most epic time of wrestling in that mid to late 90s. Nothing can top that. Even that Wolfpack theme song that he came out with and, and all the red and black that you used to saw, it made red and black so cool that you just wanted to wear it every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that was most memorable for me. And even, I don't even remember if he had the great matches during that time, I just remember he had a great era or aura about him during that era. Without a doubt, Wolfpack Sting.
1: Mm, crab, crap. Get in here. I I think that the Wolfpack Sting might be the most memorable, but I think my favorite might have been Joker Sting in TNA. Mm. Oh. Mm. I mean, just from like the overall presentation, because the Wolfpack was already cool because NWO was cool. Yeah. Right. But but Joker Sting was something that I really didn't expect, and it kind of came out of nowhere. And it was definitely a bright spot in in TNA. It gave me a reason to watch back then. Um, so, yeah, that was that was pretty solid. Um, like oh, from an overall presentation standpoint, and not just like oh, this is hot because it's hot. It was, it, Wolfpack was hot without Sting. Yeah. So, you put anybody in there in there, then it's a different problem.
2: So I guess I'll go. I'll, I, I want to say, just for shiggles, I want to say Surfer Sting, but I'm obviously I'm not going to say that because uh, I was not a little stinger back then. Uh-huh. I will say Crow Sting, uh, the, the one-against-all version of Sting, is probably the one that I'm most, I guess, attached to because he was one-against-all during the NWO heyday. Uh-huh. We waited, what, a year? For him, after being in the rafters for so many nitros, mm-hmm. watching the NWO run roughshod over WCW, and say what you want about the ending between him and Hogan with the Bret Hart, you know, kerfuffle and everything. But that match next to the Goldberg Hogan match for me and WCW in my teenage years was probably the biggest WCW match I watched in a long time mm-hmm. because it was. Finally, the NWO is going to get their comeuppance by the homegrown Sting. You know, even though he ripped off the Crow, but he had that that aura, like Priscellus was saying. Mm-hmm. He had the the music. You know, in my back of my mind, I'm hearing it. It's like very it like classic melodic, classic. and he made me believe that one guy with a baseball bat could beat up 14 people.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. For me, I think when whenever Shivani would mention the term icon, I feel yep. that's the version of Sting he would be talking about. Yep. So that for me would be icon Sting would be that version.
0: Okay, okay. The Crow version definitely really cool. A lot of people would answer the Crow version. I like that the Wolfpack variant got thrown in because I think mm-hmm. some people kind of yes. morphed that in with the Crow since it was just like a different paint job, but his personality was so different yes. with the with the it, version. It, was, it was it was kind of a, a hybrid of Surfer Sting's mm-hmm. personality, but yes. with the updated look yep. going on mm-hmm. there. So for me, of course, I gotta go old school. Surfer Sting is is my version of Sting, and specifically the early 90s, late 80s version when he was battling the horseman, mm-hmm. first okay. world title win, feuding with great Muda. That era of Sting is my favorite era of Sting. Once we get into like a man called Sting, like later WCW era, the buddy of Hulk Hogan version. That's when he was starting to lose his. He was losing his mojo. And that's what yeah. that crow version was essential to like keeping him relevant. He needed a, a change up there. But that early version was he was something else, just athletic as hell, a ball of damn energy. And that's the sting that I gravitated to that that impressed me growing up. That just he in a lot of ways. He kind of, to me, was like WCW's version of Macho Man Randy Savage.
1: Mm. That he
0: did all kinds of athletic stuff. He had tons of energy. He wasn't totally muscle-bound like a lot of other guys, like Lex Luger and stuff. So it was like, you knew you were going to get a lot of action from Sting. And he was just just cool. He fit that time period of the late 80s so perfectly. But, hey, here we are now, 2024. And he managed to reinvent himself. Again? so many damn different times as we've covered here between the joker sting the wolf pack sting the different crow versions to this kind of i don't know if it's uh it's the crow sting but it's aew almost retiree version but he takes table bumps now yep <laughs> and stuff so he, he's Up kept it going yeah something like that he's kept it going so hey p- power to him power to him i think The oddest thing, though, about this whole deal now is, okay, here we are this weekend. It's AEW Revolution, and we talked about this a few weeks back. When they announced the Young Bucks as the opponent Mm. for the final match, we were all just kind of like, huh? Really? (laughs) Of all the options, really? But word is, supposedly, that's what Sting wanted. Sting got to choose. I don't really doubt that. I can imagine Tony being like, hey, you know, whatever you want. Let's go with it. So here we are. Um, now that it's been a number of weeks later, now that the match is here, do we also kind of feel still feel the same way? Are we still kind of like it's the Bucks of all options? It's the Bucks. I don't know. How are we feeling about this match now that it's here?
2: Let me go. Let me go. And I'll say this: I'm I've never been a young Bucks fan, but I think mm-hmm. they might be the perfect foil to sting for this match because they are so schmarmy in their new iteration. Where Sting gets to beat up the the obnoxious heel, and even if he has to lay down, you know, do the old school lay down, you know, for for his last match, him beating up the schmarmy schmucky young bucks and having them uh, bump for him convincingly, you know, not like oh I'm gonna do a stinger splash on Wardlow and I'm like wait a minute he outweighs you by a hundred pounds, how am I supposed to believe that? And the Bucks have good facial expressions. So if Sting puts them in a hold, you believe that he's really torturing the, the, these these guys. And I think given all of their high-flying nonsense, there's their spot fests, the Bucks are relatively safe. So, if, so. If, if Sting is going to be in that match for long periods of time and not do the hot tag, like just to go above and beyond the hot tag I think the Bucks are the safest bet for him to kind of go out on his shield, uh, going down to a super kick party, stinging up, still catching it, stinging up, you know, <laughs> and, and and going out that way. I think it's more believable than, let's say, if he would have had a one-on-one with a 104-year-old Ric Flair or <laughs> 70-year-old Grey Muda or 69-year-old Minoru Suzuki, uh, you know. So I, I like the fact that they went this route.
0: Easy E here on X, Maya nailed it. It's Sting in his New Jack era. With, with all the tables, the and smoke and <laughs> stuff and all that going on. That might nail it. New Jack Sting is what we got going on here.
3: Uh, um, for me, um, so I, I, I'm going to digress a little bit. I really, and I'm not trying to jump ahead. When people say, okay, it's their final match or it's their retirement match. I'm always thinking in the back of my head, is it really the last match? However, for right now, I'm going to agree with Damian. I think it's the right match for right now. Another thing that I would add with the Young Bucks, even though, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen any of the storyline build up that was going on to this match or how they've done this. Because um, I've been out with AEW, but I'm still keeping a track you know, uh, on top of what Sting's last match, though. But I think the Young Bucks can tell a good story in the ring that will culminate what Sting's career is. They might even do some showmanship on top of what Damien yes. mentioned about what their in-ring work because they are safe and they'll do their spot fest and things of that nature. But I think this could easily be a 25-minute match that tells the story of Sting's career in a very respectable way. I like that, that they'll through. And I think the Young Bucks will do that. They are historians of wrestling, they respect the business and understand, even though they haven't been in all of the avenues. of of the different promotion that stings has they're going to give respect to all the different avenues and whatever tricks or showmanship they'll do i think they'll do it in the right way to respect sting but still to get that heel tactic over to make sure you want sting to win this match this is why i think this is good for the young bucks right now for what sting can do and once again he is 64. So you got to make sure you pace it in a way that's going to be good for him. Even though he has taken these spots in AEW, that's like, really, dude, come on. you're you. I don't want you to die in this ring. I think this is just going to be a good, classic storytelling match. Okay. So, Marcellus,
1: love yes, you, brother. I know that you know that you don't believe any goddamn thing that you just said i'm trying to sell something here well exactly i mean let, let, let's let's be clear right now. Let, you want to talk about you know let's understand what this is um yes the young bucks are a safe competent opponent they really don't have anything to do but you know how i know you don't believe what you just said because the first thing you said was i haven't been keeping up with the match mm. okay. i mean like i mean you haven't and, and it's and the, and the ratings reflect that people actually aren't and it, it is more because it's the Young Bucks. We know that it's going to be a good, safe match. We know that it's going to be, you know, whatever 20-minute affair that they want to give, and they want to spend another 20 minutes with his family and giving thanks to, to the good people of Greensboro. And, and, and it's going to be the send-off that, you know, that he wants. And whether or not Sting wants the Bucks is actually irrelevant. We know because he's 64 that it's going to be a tag team match, mm-hmm. where Sting doesn't have to do all of the heavy lifting by himself. Uh, we also know that everybody watched the Ric Flair match, and we know yeah. what a
3: retirement
1: match to look like. Yep. Uh, with that said, though, there I can't think of too many people that saw the Bucks on the card next to Darby Allin and Sting and went, this is a good idea. So, realistically, because, I mean, and it's not because the Bucks are bad, they just don't have uh, any, like, legacy with Sting. You know, that's not a, a team that you think of. And when you think about somebody's, you know, um, uh, you know career, <clears throat> if Sting's had, like, you know, 35, 40-year career, and then you bring in the guys that he's only been working with for, what, two years? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the problem. There's nothing there for them. Uh, for the Bucks to, you know, do. And, you know, whatever. It just happens to coincide with their heel tactics. Okay, fine. So now the question is, who should have been the ones? Well, that's a harder question because who's left? Like, who's left from that era where we all know and generally like Sting that can do it in a meaningful way right now? <clears throat> and honestly, I can't think of too many um, too many tag teams that, that where that should happen. I you know I would have to look and see a who's still living rest in peace Virgil. Uh, I would have mm-hmm. to look and uh, you know see who's viable because you know Dallas Page isn't isn't viable. Yep. You know the Undertaker isn't viable, and we will talk about that mm-hmm. a little bit later. Yeah,
0: you
1: know so that's that's really what it is. So yes, the Bucks aren't ideal, but these aren't ideal times. So it's they could have done they could have done worse. Okay. But who would I like to see, um you know, Sting and, and Darby face in a match? Honestly, honestly, I would rather it have been a cinematic match. Something where they can incorporate the, the history of Sting's matches. Because obviously he's not going to quick change into surface Sting. Nobody wants to see that hey. at 64. He's not going to quick change into the Crow. He's not going to quick change into all of the other iterations that we've seen. And also... Because it is a, uh, it Sting's final match in AEW. Maybe he could have brought somebody over from Japan. Maybe he could have brought somebody over from uh, TNA. You know, maybe there's somebody on the Indies right now that's, you know, that, that could have done the thing. This could have been bigger than just a program with the Bucks. And that's also a thing that it's missing. It's not really missing the gravitas that it deserves. Will Sting and Darby win? Do we really even care? Right. And that's kind of the thing. Like, if he loses, then, okay, fine, their heels. If he wins, then, cool, he gets to go out on top. So there's a lot of things. And it. it's not really even about the match itself. It's about the presentation. It's about the send-off. And I, as a match, as, as, like, a program, I don't think the send-off has been building to the match that we want to see. And that's been a little bit on the... Um, you know, disconcerting side, which is evident by the fact that, well, you, Marcus, you haven't even, uh, Marcellus, you haven't catched up, kept up with the, with the with the program. So, I said all of that to say, um, if it's not the Bucks, then who? Right. I think FTR would have made sense. I think, especially in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina connection. Um, yeah,
0: and and hell, they're like a throwback team to like Tully and Arden, exactly. like the Horsemen. So you could have like done something with that. Yeah, jeez. I didn't think of yeah. that. You're right.
1: Yeah, um, I think you know. I think the Von Erics, you know, if they were if they were in Dallas, that would have been, you know, a thing that could have mm-hmm. been interesting. But but something along those lines, because the match is going to be the match. We know that Darby's mm-hmm. going to do the heavy lifting anyway, and you know, Sting's going to get his moment in, and then they'll decide in the third act whether he wins or loses. But the idea is um it it feels like sting is getting a retirement cake of a flavor that he'll never eat <laughs> <laughs> like you don't we don't really know you
3: at all but here you go here here is a watch and 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 just to add to that point though and and I get exactly what you're saying and you brought up a great point where realistically when we think about this this should have happened 10 years ago and that's, a problem. But, and that's a different problem. But unfortunately, he got hurt during that time. And then he just fizzled out of WWE at that moment. But when you had the prime time of the best candidates to do so, you had that 10 years ago. So when you have it in a promotion now, which is AEW, and I'm not trying to downplay it all, but you're doing a second tier organization with a first class wrestler who's a ballot Hall of Famer from the 80s and 90s. The timing and era doesn't match up for what you can do now. But you made a good point with the FTR. But when you think about it, which has to be a tag team for his age, there's not many people that will be able to do it. Hell, I don't even think Edge and Christian, even if they was on the same side, will be able to do something like that at this time. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so hard. And not a tag team wrestler. So that's like a thing also. Yeah. We're trying yeah.
1: to put him in this position of like, oh, he's going to have a great tag team match when that's not really what we know him for.
3: Good point. And then you have to think about Darby Allen in this mix, too. And and, and we talked about this way in the past before. This is still an ascending moment for Darby Allen, too, like a passing of the torch. So we can't forget he is an integral part of this match, in my opinion, where, where he is literally, okay, I've helped build you up, young man, for two and a half years or however long I've been in this promotion. Now, yes, this is me leaving, but this is your spotlight to show why you could be a top guy Regardless of your size, regardless of your character, you could be the top guy here because I fed into you everything I know to make sure you can do this for this company. Well,
1: let me let me ask you this though, because realistically, Darby Allen, uh, and I know people like to throw out the word pillar, but he really has been since day one one of those guys that kind of came onto AEW and surprised a lot of people that were yep. because a lot of people were unfamiliar with his work beforehand. Yeah, so if you were to argue who's deserving of a major championship run who's a legacy player, it would be Darby Allen. And then he gets paired with Sting. Yep. Because then, uh, uh you know, because of that you know synergy you know that they that they had. Okay, cool. But with or without Sting, I think Darby Allen was on the rise anyway. It, it wasn't like Sting took a person that had a ceiling and broke it and built higher for him.
2: You think yes, so, huh?
1: I, I think so, because I think mm-hmm. that Darby Allin's in the same conversation with Ricky Starks and Adam Page where, you know, if applied, you know, they were the future. Keyword, if applied, keyword. Uh, yeah, true, true, mm-hmm. because there's a, it, it, it's ridiculous that's, that, that a lot of people aren't, you know, in the championship picture. If the follow-through um, had been there, you yep. know. Then. Yeah, right. So, you know, I could say, absolutely, Starks, Hobbs, um, you know, uh, Darby, you know, Adam Page, you know, and and out of those guys, only Adam Page has been a, a W uh, AEW
3: champion. The point listen, is, is at this point in to I was sold on Darby going back to your point when he had that Cody match way long ago when it ended in a draw.
1: Best uh, that, TNT champion.
3: Yep. But go ahead, please. Go ahead. No,
1: but that, absolutely. But that's that's the point, though. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? Yes, sure. Darby Instinct is a moment in Darby's career, however long that lasts. But I don't think it's the the stepping stone where it's like oh. Darby was on his way out. He was yep. AEW's Matt Riddle before Sting saved his career. Yep. No, not true. That was Jimmy Havoc.
0: Oh, That's a name from the past. Jeez. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So the idea is, um, yes, you know, props to Sting. Yes, good on Darby for and that you know synergy to make that that team work because again, two non-tag team wrestlers per se building a th- building a bond. Darby and Sting. A better mesh tag team than Keith Lee and, Str- and Shane Strickland. Mm. So, so the still it comes down to the point of, um, I really hope that. And and, and you know, yes, I would have liked to have seen a cinematic match. And obviously, you can't have that live because why would people fly to Greensboro to watch a match on the big screen? Yeah, you know. So that is a thing. But I also think that that you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do that, but. I, I want the most out of this moment, you know, because if this is Sting's last match in AEW, again, nobody said retirement match. Nope, they just said last match in AEW. And if this is the way he leaves the uh, the company, for mm. you know, as as a um, they they kept adding that, that caveat. This is his last match as on the active roster. They never said that he was leaving the company. They never said that he was retiring at all. But this is his last match on the active roster. If that's what it is, and that closes this chapter of his career um, with all of the intents of not working for AEW as a wrestler again, then it needs to be bigger than the Bucks being like Romanian porno actors, uh, directors, um, you know, trying to shoot you know cab videos. Allegedly, I've never seen it. I and mean, that's what I heard from the internet.
0: <laughs> Let's wrap up the Sting discussion with this. This is the interview quote that crab uh, brought us before the show. So Sting said in an interview that a dream match of his would have been with The Undertaker. Is that a match that should still happen here in 2024?
3: Hell oh, no. No. <laughs> no. That's for both of their
0: safeties. <laughs> has That that ship has sailed. I would say that ship has sailed. Unless
2: the sailed cinematic match has their ghosts of their former selves emanating off their body like
1: JoJo's oh, we, bizarre We're a hologram match now?
3: Yes, we're oh, a wow. hologram match. Book it. No. Damien said it. Book it. Cinematic would be the
0: only way to do it in
3: 2024
2: between those de age them 20 years each.
3: (laughs) Okay, so now we get an
1: AI-generated dream matches now. Okay. Yes.
3: To me, in my opinion, now this match was killed when Undertaker lost at WrestleMania 30. Because I think this match only made sense if it was Undertaker undefeated versus sting coming into wwe because both had something to lose at wrestlemania so how do you play that story out? so
2: refresh my memory did sting losing the triple h happen before the streak ended
3: i think it was was it before or after
0: that was in that was the san francisco wrestle so it was before was that before or after? so then it that would have ruined.
3: there also as well sting that is true good point undefeated
2: going up against takers undefeated streak at mania that That's probably would have been the, the biggest box office you could do true. from a gate perspective, and then main event that without a title and have something to lose, like you were saying. Good
3: point. Good point. Good point. I, you actually trumped my point because that did come first, and I think that does hurt more because Triple H wanted to get his win against WCW. Got it. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that kind H of comes to point. put over the other guys. <laughs> uh,
1: now, well, there I, I we think, go. I think the match should happen. And the reason why is because uh, this is what cinematic matches are made for.
2: In two K twenty four, right? That's what you want to happen. Finish your
1: story. (laughs) Finish your story. No, but But I mean, like, I'm not like, yeah. um, You have the Undertaker aesthetically versus Sting aesthetically. The Crow versus the Dead Man. Okay, that would be my next question. Get you know is Russ Craven still alive? You know, get him to direct. I mean that these are these are the type of stories.
2: No Rob Zombie?
1: No. Um, no. <laughs> Jeez. Stop it. Shame on you, Daniel. But but the idea is, uh, no Eli Roth either. But yeah, but still, this is the idea that um uh that's what a cinematic match is for. Yes, both of them are old, but if you have two high concept, large spectacle personalities in wrestling, give them all of the bells and whistles, call Michael Blade, blow half of San Francisco up, and and get you know the cinematic aspect of it. This, this, this is the entertainment side of sports entertainment, and and I think that it would be an entertaining spectacle as a wrestling match. I mean, <laughs> is anybody looking at the Undertaker for his ring work?
2: Well, that brings up what we said before about uh, Sting's ring work. When was the last time we paid attention to his in-ring product beside the Mystique, like like Taker?
1: In a while. Well, I mean, well, earlier this year when he jumped off a balcony through a table.
2: Aside from New Jackie and stuff, anything <laughs> else?
1: Well, well, no. I mean, like I wouldn't say this thing oh, yeah. has been the best wrestler either. You know, in WCW, it's like technically speaking. But, but so that was never an issue with me. Um, that's not why I watched his matches. I watched it because he repelled from the rafters like a fucking maniac. Right. Um, you know, so a lot of those high concept, aesthetically uh, pleasing things. Is, is the persona. We just talked about his different personas. Nobody ever mentioned like, oh, remember when he did that thing or he invented this move? No, that's not what we associate Sting with. It doesn't make him a bad, he's a great performer, not a great wrestler. So because the, both The Undertaker and Sting are great performers, give them all the bells and whistles that they need to put on a good performance. And I think that they could. In Saudi Arabia. Oh, Oh, there it is. is. It's coming out. Legends of Wrestling Part 7.
0: The (laughs) Crown Prince is going to get his deal. The Crown Prince is going to get his deal. All right. It's halftime, folks. A lot of Sting talk in this first half. But hey, if this is it for him, we had to send him out right. So we go to halftime. Are we going to talk about the Indies when we come back? Absolutely. Okay, we will have the Indies spotlight when we come back after break. Then we'll take a look at the rest of the AEW Revolution card, and we'll go from there take a look what happened at Elimination Chamber, and so much more. Stay with us, folks. Your Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. will be back right after this.
2: If you're looking to expand your podcast reach, your website reach, as well as your social media branding, visit BigGoldBelt.com for sponsorship and advertising opportunities. Big Gold Belt Media is the golden standard for all of your media needs. We offer pre-roll and mid-roll ad spots, on-air host reads done by yours truly, Damien G., on audio as well as video platforms. For inquiries, please email biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com for more information. Again, that's biggoldbeltgroup at gmail.com for your inquiries for your business. Big Gold Belt Media, wrestling, movie, comics, and more. The Golden Standard.
0: Welcome back, folks. When we come back from halftime on the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, we like to check out what's happening on the indies. So here's Giant Crab with this week's Big Gold Belt Podcast Indie Spotlight.
1: Yep. And this week we're going all the way up to Balmer, uh, Baltimore, Maryland for Combat Zone Wrestling. They're actually doing a show in Baltimore, uh, oh. which doesn't happen too often. And it's going to be at the power plant. Oh, exactly. That's a good venue. Well, yeah, okay. yeah. So I that's how I didn't hear about this. this is, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the thing. A so it's um March 9th at the Power, P- Out Power Plant Live 34 Marketplace in downtown Balmer, uh, in, right off of Pratt Street, hon. It's uh, March 9th, CZW, don't blink. Doors open at 6, bell time is at 7. Uh, they have a TLC match for the tag team titles. I wonder if the TLC has been trademarked. You know, they may be expecting a call later. But uh, Slime Balls versus Chocolate Milk. Chocolate Milk is a hell of a tag team, you know, too. I, I like so those guys. Um, uh, single match, uh yeah, you know, Jada Stone versus Mika. And uh, post-game versus The Rep. Rep, you know, is another solid team as well. But it's at the power plant, which is a big deal if you've uh, been up there to the venue in Baltimore. Right downtown, really can't, you know, say this, this stress is enough. CDW normally doesn't come down this close to D.C. where we are. Mm-hmm. And for them to come into Baltimore is, is, you know, kind of a big deal. They're normally up closer to the Northeast Maryland, Philadelphia area, which is fine. It's worth the drive. It, they usually put a hell of a show on, but it, this time they're coming to Baltimore. It's uh, March 9th. Doors open at 6, bell time's at 7. You can get your tickets, and you should get your tickets, at czwwrestling.com It's Combat Zone Wrestling presents Don't Blink. March 9th at the Power Plant in Baltimore, hon. And that's the Indie Spotlight for this week.
0: There you go. I had, not, I had not hit my radar, so I'm glad you brought that one up. That is mm-hmm. definitely that's a big move for CZW. That is for I
1: like it. That is a, that is a big move. Interesting like times. I've
0: Interesting never heard of an time. event,
1: a wrestling event there at the Power Plant. Oh, me? Either. Wasn't um, I'm intrigued? Wasn't
0: the 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 control your seasonings thing? They were going to run there, and then of course that whole school fell apart. <laughs> uh,
1: I think I they remember. were going to run there. I thought they were doing Ramshead, but you may it be right. It might have been Ramshead. It might have been Rams. Head. It have but, been they, Rams. but either way, um, it, it's a it's a venue that doesn't get wrestling often, if ever. Yeah. So, and for uh, you know one of the more high profile indies to come up, you know, and 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 put on a show there is very interesting. So good on them for that. Good on them, and good on the venue for uh, coming together on putting the show there. So I like it. March 9th. get it done.
0: Coming up in a week, folks. Yeah. Interesting times. Alright, let's take a look at the rest of this darn card for Revolution. This is all we did was focus on a... There's another card? Thing. Yeah, there's, <laughs> no, there's a card
1: apparently. The show is only 30 minutes.
0: You know, Yeah, there's have the sting match, and that's it. And they'll fill up the, the other... Last an and hour, and we're good. ...videos yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, they got a card here. So let's see, I'm going to run this down real quick with what this definitely seems to be evolving due to injuries and visa issues with people and stuff like that, so According to Wikipedia, we also have uh, for the AEW international title Orange Cassidy Roderick versus Roderick Strong. So that's going down with the kingdom, those folks. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Hangman Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. That's the three way for the AEW championship. Uh, The women's title Timeless Tony Storm versus Deanna Perrazzo. The Continental Crown Championship. That's that triple crown they've made. So that's going to have Eddie Kingston defending against Brian Danielson. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Kanesuke Takashita. Christian Cage. And uh, let's see. Was this, this tag match? Oh, no. Christian Cage versus Daniel Garcia. So
3: this oh, is a nice. TNT
0: title. Lots of title matches on this show. But I guess, you know, they have so many titles that makes sense. Uh, FP- FTR versus Blackpool Combat Club. Of uh, John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, and last but not least, they, they were gonna do what they were what were they gonna call it? Meat Madness, at Meat first? Madness, but because it's not, it happening. yeah. So, uh, Meat Madness has been delayed for whatever reasons, but people involved with it are still on the show, so it's odd. But in place of it now is an all star scramble for a future title shot. With uh, currently Chris Jericho, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus, and Dante Martin. Quite a mishmash of folks there. Um, I don't know who wants to jump in here first. Thoughts on the rest? This is a very kind of all-over-the-place lineup yeah. is what I'm seeing. there.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, the Sting, uh, Matt, Well, Here's the question. Uh, what's the main event? Because Not a you- Sting.
2: It's got to be Sting.
1: I mean, it could be Sting, but realistically, that's not for a title. We know that it Sting's, you know, uh, last match, whether he well, wins so or loses it
3: isn't, isn't, is really irrele-
1: isn't really relevant. And um, I believe they have um, a World Heavyweight Championship match. So Did Sting's, you? whatever Sting's match is, will end at Revolution. Do you end it there with a "Okay, see you Wednesday," or do you continue a story with a cliffhanger after the world triple threat world title match?
0: Hmm. I guess that, that is true. Depending how they end that match, that could kind of yeah, affect the, like the flow of the show. Are you are right. you ending it with stinging carried out on people's shoulders and you know embracing his kids, or is it the young bucks beat him and?
1: Yeah, because it. if, if, if he beats the them, side. beats his kids, beats them all down, yeah. okay, well, their heels, you know, cut the faith to black. But we need a reason to watch Wednesday, because we know we're not watching for Sting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying Sting opens the show, but that could be something to get Grandpa before uh, to bed before uh, 9 o'clock.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, 9 get it, of it out of the way, have the show, have this moment, You'll know, let that be fresh in everybody's mind and then the show can happen afterwards. Instead, instead of waiting until midnight, because, you know, these damn things don't end mm, instead yeah. of waiting until midnight for a, a really inconsequential finish to a, to a very consequential match. I, and, I, and, and again, that comes on the car off the conversation of, we know what this match is. We don't really care for the match. We're just really here to support sting and, you know, in in a way, and when it ends, it ends. It would be kind of anticlimactic to end with Sting and beating the Young Bucks in a match that we don't really care about versus,
3: um, you know, uh, a title match. Let me ask this question: Where? And once again, I haven't watched. I have been following in, in some. Form we of that know, way. but <laughs> where is Swerve Strickland right now? It, it, do you think he's on the verge of like, okay, this is your time to win, or? You're still not going to win yet.
1: I mean, that's the problem with AEW. A lot of people that I think that are on the way up, that are at the door, Mm -hmm. waiting to their shoulder to shoulder with three or four people waiting to get into the door, into the championship door, never do. So with Swerve, if not now, then when? Then win. Be- because it. Adam Page has already been an, a champion, Swerve whooped his ass in one of the an actual death matches that they had in AEW. Yeah, we know what Joe brings to the table, so that's not really a, a detriment to Joe. Uh, but we know what he brings to the table. yeah If it's not Swerve's time now, then when? Why, wow. why not? It should do be now. It, it, it should be, be now.
0: I think the only issue there, I think Joe's title run is working really well. I'm really thinking Joe. Is yeah. I'm digging Joe as champ, being being the kind of like given like that. You know, he he lays people out. He's playing. You know, the old the that's old what we Samoa know from Joe. Joe, though.
1: That's what we've oh, seen I know. before. Well, it, it,
0: it. It's definitely the his his stock. You know right. what he's always been. It's, I think it's just a matter. I think there's still just some there's some mileage in. it, I think so. I don't think it needs to be cut off necessarily just no, yet.
1: I agree, but it's like um, but but Joe is like a uh, you know an Oreo. Or another treat that you like. (laughs) No matter where you have it around the world, it's Mm going to be the same, and you're going to like it the same way. Joe could be champion next year, but we've never seen Swerve as champion now, and he's never been hotter in AEW than he is right now. That's the thing. If there were a moment to pull the trigger, this is what you do, and this is how you end Black History Month. Just saying. Wow. Timing is
0: everything. Didn't even everything.
2: think about that. Holy moly! Okay. Do it for
1: well, the it's still March. But well, they gave us an extra day. Damn it! So you, you know, know, Tony, know, Tony, Tony would do you that. Yeah, I can see out. Tony
2: Khan like to doing that. that, though. You're absolutely right, Crab. Absolutely.
3: But that would be my it, only thing, just based off what you said, Jamal. I I, I would think you you kind of convinced me. You put this. I, I would say this. Open the show. Open the show with Sting in in that match. And then you have a filler match in between just to give everybody like to to like, okay, all right, we got this thing out the way. Let's put this filler. And I would think if you want Swerve Strickland on this type of event to make that champion, you know, reign, start. What a great way to do it with him closing the show. You got Sting to open, Swerve to end. To me, I think that's a recipe for greatness. But will Tony Khan do it? I don't know.
2: I I would reverse that, actually. I'd start with Swerve and with Sting. Really? Um, Okay. Because Mm. if
3: Sting puts over the Bucks, right,
2: even though that's customary. Yes. You know, we know AEW's fan base hasn't been known to appreciate history in terms of the way the wrestling business operates. Uh That might deflate the whole entire show completely Mm. if the Bucks destroy Sting and he goes out on his back at the First match.
1: Mm. Okay, okay, but let me say this though: if that happens, it deflates the match. The very next match is Osprey versus Takeshita. Something feel good to bring them back and carry right. on the rest of the show. It's and and again, if the presentation of Sting's final moments in AEW were better, it obviously no question should be the should be the main event. It's his event. But the problem is, is that this doesn't feel like Sting's show, even though it is, because of the Bucks match. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's why I say, you give Grandpa his flowers, let him go do a thing. It doesn't matter who wins or who loses. Um, You know, handshakes and hugs all the way around. There's some saltwater taffy in the back. And let's continue the show. Which is why, if they opened with Sting, I wouldn't be mad at that. Give him a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Let him get, you know, trot out all the old fogies that you know he used to hang out with. Bring in Mick Foley. Bring in AJ Styles. Bring in whoever the hell. Bring in Bubba Ray Dudley. Bring in Scott Demore. Bring in all of them. Mm-hmm. Give him that moment. Give him a block. And if you didn't, if you don't if you don't give a good goddamn about anything else, turn it off. But because the pay per views run until midnight, that's kind of a thing. That's because the
2: issue. That would be the main. Issue. Me a too. mediocre
1: pay-per-view to get to the meat or do you want to get the meat out of the way and then hopefully the pay-per-view can catch up to that? And we're assuming that the Sting match is going to be good. Right. Because if it's not good, based on whatever it is, whatever good looks like to you, then we've just wasted for four and a half hours. Man. I
0: was so, thinking about all this damn stuff. <laughs> but, the the well, but that goes to that this show.
1: Is, Go right, ahead, but but that's, 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 that's the a huge point, part though. of
3: booking the show. Just the order of matches, the sequence well, of how you put them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you all you fantasy booking nerds out there, you know, you understand that this is this is harder than it looks. But that's also more to the point of the presentation of Sting. Yep. Um, yes, I hope it's I hope it's the match of his career, to be honest with you. I'll be does the most crazy. I'll be Vic Grimes Nick Jackson off of the scaffold. Uh <laughs> Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. I pay, I pay to see that. <laughs> I, absolutely. I pay to see that. But but the long and short of it is they've already – they did the bit where he comes down from the rafters with the harness on his back. They did right. that Wednesday. Yes. You know, so – That was cool. But then again, and this is why – this is actually reminded me of that because of the fact that we had to wait until 9.55 to get that moment.
3: And the show, it's the Dynamite
1: – Yeah, Dynamite was fine. The main event was, you know, the Jericho match, which is whatever – but the Sting segment was what it needed to be. But right, that was damn near ten o'clock when that yeah. happened.
0: At the end of the day, it's really not going to be about the match. It's about the moment after. That's right. that's that is the true main event. Is going to be the moment after the send off and how they do that. So, yeah, there is something to be said about maybe not saving it to the end of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, I guess the question then is because you know Sting. And and we've spent forty five minutes talking about this thing as we should because his career deserves it. Is there anything else on the on the card that makes you that makes it worth fifty bucks? Not no, okay. oh, not at shit. all. Okay. Well, that's not <laughs> not at all. <laughs> okay. okay. And, um,
2: and I'm not like sellers who's checked out the pro checked out of the product. Like I, I know I'm... I've seen enough to be like, no, no.
1: Uh. Well, then I, I will God say. Screams, Here I come. Uh, you know, and, and and it's less about the money, it's more about the time because these pay-per-views end so late. That's an issue, yeah. You know, on the East Coast. Um, it is kind of like is Tony Storm versus Deanna Perazzo worth staying up till you know 11-15 for? I don't know. I don't I don't know if it is, and that's the only women's match on the card. Um, Christian Cage okay. versus Daniel Garcia, you know.
0: I don't know. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stuff that reads like, yeah, that'll be fine, but it also feels like a match I would just see on Dynamite or Collision anyway.
1: I was right. gonna say this you know? feels
2: more like a battle of the belts plus state type of show. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: More yeah. so than an actual pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, so that's coming up this weekend. Um one more Sunday, question Saturday, about, they,
2: yes. about the event, yeah. by the
1: Sunday. way. Sunday. Sunday.
2: Sunday. One no. more question Sunday? about the sting match. Oh,
3: <laughs> How
2: long does it go? Oh, I think
3: minutes. it goes to midnight. Thirty minutes. Oh, you mean the match itself, like time-wise? Time, right? yeah, uh, how minutes.
2: long does the match go? Thirty minutes.
3: Oh yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. Easily. I say fifteen, 15 to eighteen,
0: minutes. but it's no, gonna no. be it's gonna be a lot of walking and talking. And let's go over here and we're gonna Our story's
2: do this. gonna be told go right here and we do this picture and, packages, yeah, video yeah, packages yeah, yeah. and
1: whatnot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say this. I think the segment it will be thirty-five minutes. The segment's you okay. gonna be long. Yeah. Segments and, and when I say the segment that includes the match, the intro. The, the intro, the yeah. no yep. dub, and the outro. The yes, I think I'll, the segment. Will be 30 I'm
0: expecting about 45 minutes for the whole. Okay, thing.
1: right. So okay, so so let's let's take the let's take the over and go 45 minutes.
0: Yeah.
1: The match starts at at, at 11:05 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you staying up for that? Because it's the main event. Yeah. I am not. Yeah, no, I'll be On watching the next day. too. No, that's my that's my yeah. point. That's yeah. That's my point. For $50. Yeah. Because no matter whatever else is on the card, this is the thing that they've been building for the last month and a half. If it is a 35-minute segment, and it starts at 11.05 p.m. Eastern, on a Sunday night. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, if you don't open the show with Sting, you know, it better be, it it, it ha- would have to supersede expectations. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll talk about it next week. We'll see how this shakes out, and uh, we'll go from there. So yeah. let let's move. Let's uh, we've done all this AEW, we've done all this Sting talk. Let's uh, take a quick look at Elimination Chamber since that went down. Oh, in that happened in Perth, Australia, last week. Who stayed up
3: for that? Or who got it? I definitely <laughs> did. I definitely did not watch it up. live. <laughs> I did not watch it live either. I was looking at my eyelids at that early. I morning. got
0: I got back from the gym that morning, and I had it waiting for me, and I was like, "All right, I'm watching this over breakfast," <laughs> <you> <laughs> which go.
3: was the. Which I think
0: was the way to go because I had to skip through all the filler. Absolutely. I banged that show Thank out you. real quick. Really so, quick. I saw all these people online talking about there, there was 50 minutes of like nothing between this match and this match. And I was like, I didn't see it. <laughs> Not my problem. So skip, skip.
2: and that's one thing we know about Will is the fact if it's a faster watch for Will, he's all yep. in. So
0: hell yes. Hell yes. Um, oh, I would describe wow. the show as it was very paint by numbers. It was yes. very much exactly what I would expect looking at how we were headed for WrestleMania. It was like, okay, this is pretty much what I expected to happen. There wasn't mm-hmm. anything shocking, uh-uh. but I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was a good show. The, the, the I thought both chamber matches were pretty damn good. They had their moments. The winners were, Hey, you, some people would say they're predictable, but this time of year when we're, you know, we're setting up WrestleMania that's what I'm expecting at this yep. point. So I'm not, I'm it Keep doesn't simple. upset me Keep for it simple. to be that. It is it is what it is. So we're on our way to WrestleMania. We got the final pieces in place. There's you know a few more matches to shake out of this, but at this point, it's like now this show is done. Say okay, we know probably the top six, seven matches they are gonna happen <laughs> over yep. those two nights. So that, that's the goal of that show. So blow away show, no. Was it fun to watch it fast forward on Saturday afternoon that morning? <laughs> yeah. It was fine cool. for that that aspect. I'm sure as hell wouldn't give a five a.m. for it. So that's my quick review. Any other thoughts on it?
3: I'll just give a shout out. Shout out to Tiffany Stratton. I hate that they changed her music, oh. Um, but <laughs> Tiffany Stratton is is definitely somebody that I feel is a future Money in the Bank winner and is going to be a future champion very soon. She showed me a lot, not just what uh, on on Saturday. But she kind of showed me lately what NXT before she transitioned to SmackDown. She's growing very fast on me and um, what she can do. So just shout out to her. She had a great uh, showing when she was in the chamber. Yes. So th- that's my shout out for her.
2: And I'll piggyback off of that. And y'all know I'm not a Tiffany Stratton fan at all. But I will say she, it was better that they put her in the chamber over the rumor of Jade Cargill being in the chamber. Yeah. I think that was a better way to use her to get her over as the next big thing in the women's division as, you know, the the remnants of the horsewomen age out, you know, move into different roles within the company or what have you. But for me, the women's match was the only thing I wanted to watch Mm -hmm. when I was fast forwarding, Will, like you were saying. Uh, I wanted to see how the eliminations took place. I wanted to see how they would eliminate Bianca. I wanted to see who would be the last two standing. I would never have thought it would have been Liv Morgan standing at the last one next to Becky. But it was entertaining to see. As for the rest of the card, like Will said, paint by numbers. I'm glad because hometown, we got Indy Hartwell, get that raucous ovation with her hometown during the pre-show, and then Rhea going on last in the main event, which, to be quite frank, even if it wasn't in Australia, you could have made that the main event because it's Rhea. In, let's say, a B-level pay-per-view. Yep. So I think that was a great way to end it. It put all, of, all the Australian stars over, but paint by numbers. And the only thing out of this that makes me intrigued now is potentially the rumors are Logan Paul versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania.
3: Yep. So,
2: <laughs> hmm, Aside from that, eh.
1: uh, Let me make sure this. So I'm looking at it because I didn't watch. I was in California last week. And I, it came on at 2 a.m. Pacific time. It did. Oof. Which, of course, was um, not going to happen for me. Now, I thought that was interesting that it was a 5 a.m. Eastern start, which is 6 right. p.m. In, Aus- uh, in Western Australia. They could have started it later over there, which would have been a little bit later in the morning around breakfast time on the East Coast. Yeah. Yep. I wonder why they didn't do that.
3: Good question.
0: We got a lot of cinematic shots of the sunset in Australia.
1: You did because
0: of it. Since they started during the day and it went into night, very beautiful,
1: right? And and Perth being on the Indian Ocean, all you got to do is look west, and the sun, like it would in California, sets right into the uh, to the water. That's all great, but looking at the matches, there are only four matches. The two chamber matches are over half an hour. You have the Judgment Day uh, tag team match, which is seventeen minutes, and then you have Nia Jax in the match of her life in a fourteen minute long match.
3: How long was the show? Four hours? Was it four? How's the know. show? Three Three hours, so so
0: they they also had the, the the Grayson Waller segment with uh Cody and uh Seth. So they had one more thing, they had an interview segment in there too that so, ate up a good chunk of time.
1: So 32 and 37 is 60. Um is 67. So that's an hour. Don't forget your commercials um, um, hour 20, hour thirty-five of wrestling time. Yeah, you got your entrances, okay, cool, let's bump it up to an hour fifty, and you had a 10-minute talking segment. That's two hours. Where does the rest of the time go for the pay-per-view? Yeah. Video 3 And that's probably why people were kind of going, What's happening here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely watching it
1: live would have been would have been tough that early. Yeah. Well, let, let, let me ask yeah, you yeah. this then, because you skipped through a lot of the fluff. Yeah. How long did it take you to watch it?
3: Ooh, forty. I watched. See, I can't.
2: hour hour ten when I fast forwarded
3: through everything. I even skipped through some of the matches and stuff. Like I did skip through some of the chambers when it was like slow spots. So maybe that's why. I, I, I watched
0: both mean. the chambers in full, and I watched the only stuff I really kind of skipped during was the uh, tag title match. But the rest of it, I watched pretty much for because the there wasn't that much on the show. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I want to say it took me about hour forty five, maybe. All right. Or so something like that. Right. I was so doing other stuff
1: much, too. So yeah, you basically just watched it. all of the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right. So, so there's that. Now, uh, a question then about the show itself. Uh, yes, they only, they had four matches in the pre-show. Uh, do you think it's worth it to go all the way to Australia? Yes, they got the spectacle of filling up Optus Stadium, uh, which is a you know 65,000 seat uh, cricket rugby league stadium. Is it worth it to go over there when you're only going to basically put on four matches for the pay per view? Well, it's for the
2: fans, so
1: yes. For fans, yep. Not well, so the but the fans. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it would well, then bring more talent. That that's kind of like if it is a fan experience and it's a pay per view, premium live event, or whatever you want to call it, then they treat it as such. They didn't do they don't do this in Saudi Arabia
2: because the prince will have their head figuratively well, okay. and literally. Well,
1: and we, we... <laughs> We we do know what happens when uh he, when the prince doesn't get his way you know your plane will be left in the runway yeah <laughs> yeah so I don't know I just think it's kind of weird to do the show build the show and the show is only two hours of, of actual time for pay per view yeah
0: much much like the Sting show this weekend they sold that whole show on Rhea Sting Ripley show <laughs> so it's it, 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 yeah, yeah hey hey they got 50, 50 hey people in there so they did people showed up for it and. Hell, I'm sure they'll go back, and I'm thinking next time it probably won't be elimination chamber since they had to go through hell to get that damn cage over there, and you apparently had to legitimately it with pirates to get the damn thing shipped over there. It, it took like over a month apparently for that thing to get routed to Australia because of all these damn oh
1: right pirates. They couldn't going use chambers. the uh, um what's that damn thing called the uh, Red Sea?
0: Yeah i'm almost surprised they didn't build one there and just leave it you know instead like of going through the trouble of shipping it back but hey you mean like with the is.
2: world cup where they just built the stadium and then they're like eh, right it's hey, <laughs> like uh, eh, don't care
0: we'll build a chamber here and then we just leave it and if we come back and do another one that's here i don't know exactly but, yeah well there we go that's the elimination chamber so this, let's, let's get this other topic in that uh sent us before the show this Jim Duggan quote and mm-hmm. fill up our last uh about
1: yeah five so minutes I, I have a quote in here. front of me and I can read yeah. it if you want honest um, he he says from his uh mm-hmm. podcast called the hacksaw mm-hmm. hour um mm-hmm. or why you don't have to be a champion in wrestling he says in a quote the idea of wrestling holy shit it's a work you don't have to be champion you don't have to win all the time. Russo Brody told me that he put anybody over any at any time. One, two, three, dead in the middle. Just let him get his stuff. And then, boom, get up, get your two by four, chase the guy out of the ring, chase the referee out of the ring. It's a job. People look at it. It's not the way to look at our profession. And the question is, well, is he right? Because when you talk about the greatest of all time, you know, in discussion in sports, uh, rings usually is the number one caveat. Mm -hmm. When you talk about that. In uh, wrestling, they make a big deal about who's a Grand Slam champion, not just one champion, all the champions um, in, in that greatest of all time discussion. So, yes, it is a work. We all know that it's a work. But winning a champion isn't, you know, um, like unlike winning a, a, an NBA title. It's kind of like winning an employee of the month. It, it's a way for fans to know that the company agrees that we like this guy, that this person deserves. And how many times have we said that a champion uh, is is not necessarily the person that's doing the best work. It's okay. the person that's given the best performance, you know, that they're actually doing the things that need to do and deserve a title shot. Bringing it back to AEW for a second, this is kind of a gripe that I have with them. There are guys that are deserving to be in that championship fold that haven't yet, and that's because, and that's kind of frustrating as a fan because you want to know who to root for. I want a guy that's going to win, and then you say, "When it doesn't matter, well, then what are we doing here?"
3: It's it's an interesting concept. Go ahead, tell us. That's this has been something I've been speaking for a long, long time. Where in wrestling, it should be about who is that number one person, who is the one that's holding the belt, saying, "I am the gatekeeper." for this company. I'm the one that people want to come see. I'm the one that's the headliner of the show because I have this trophy. I have this evidence that shows why I'm the best in this promotion. And a lot of times, especially in WWE, you have people that are not given that opportunity because it's about who makes the most money, who Mm -hmm. is the most over. And it's not about the trophy piece that you're winning for. And that's like for somebody like, if we were doing fantasy football, oh, I'm in the championship game every every week. So I'm winning money. I'm good because I want my money back. It should be about winning the whole thing. It should be about what you're achieving for, what you're working hard for to show that you're the best. To me, that's the only thing that shows for that is that title. But sometimes if you make the most money or if you're over, that gets you. And and the person I kind of think about with Dominic Mysterio, thank you. Like he's so over right now, right? Does he need a championship? If he never wins no. a championship, does he need that to to show how successful he was?
2: Well, technically, he's won one. Well, he's American. He has held gold,
3: but yes. right. not the not the gold, right? Not, not the a world one. title, right? And if he never wins a world title, would you say he was more successful just for the reaction he has? And I would think when you compare him to somebody like the Miz, who I think are very similar. That's on their trajectories, The Miz to me is the better wrestler because he has achieved twice the top of the mountain where he was that person. I don't think Dominic can never be compared to that because he doesn't hasn't won that many championships. But they're both over. They're both were over in their their similar trajectories. But I think that's where wrestling needs to emphasize winning that title is the priority of your company.
2: Okay, so you're you're right, Celis, when you said it should be the number one guy is the is the gatekeeper title holder the most over gets the title if we were talking about let's say the territory days mm-hmm. or the old school nwa days or even hulkmania but we've learned like let's say with the undertaker for instance yeah how long and how many championship runs did that man actually have what two three tops so and to be that over with that much longevity shows that you didn't need to have a title right let's just just say that uh take cena out the equation let's go maybe what cm punk Mm -hmm. when he was in wwe he was the guy and nobody cared right he was still not the main event but how many times have we seen like right now the rock's gonna shoehorn his way somehow some way to be involved (laughs) with the main event so it's about what makes the most money And that is the world in professional wrestling. We live in, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, it's always been that way. It's just under a bigger microscope because we have this global company of WWE and fans uh, on, on social media, right? So you use Dominic. So I'll say AJ Styles, that man can be slotted anywhere. Anyway. He could be mid card. He could be act. You could believe him being in the main event, and it's okay. He'll still sell his little merch, but they'll call him up to the big leagues in that one one or two pay per view run, and then back down to the mid card. You go. Kevin Owens is another one. If yeah, KO never like wins another like title,
1: yeah. if KO never wins another title, is he not successful? Yeah. So, but but everybody like, that you've named has been a champion at least once, right? Miz yep. Dominic Oh
3: yeah KO Punk okay take three out of four world champions but everybody has yeah. been a yes. champion.
1: Well well I mean but at some point like KO uh, Owens has been a world champion in NXT. Yes. Definitely. He's been a world champion because um, he was universal. Champion, know, he was universal. Yes. Yep. Right. Okay, right, right, right. Okay, so isn't that kind of my point? Yes. Where Like so even if they made it to the top of the mountain, they did it at least once. You only gotta do it once. Dolph Ziggler is a champion, and nobody can take that away from him. But I think that the championship belt is the tiebreaker. When you're looking at the the legacy of a person's career, and you're like, "Well, what's that thing that pushes them ahead of somebody else? What's the thing?" You know, because everybody's going to remember who's over in their own perspective. Because, you know, there are only a few Hulkamaniacs. You know, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Stings. You know, out of all out of the last forty years of wrestling, we're only really naming ten guys. Sure. You know, and that's that's kind of the thing too. So, what about Ken Shamrock? You know, what about guys? Uh, you know, like Jericho and before two thousand. You know, what about like just guys that were good at their jobs, journeymen that never really made it to that world championship caliber level. Our truth is a WWE Hall of Famer. Give him the give him a spot right now, but he's not championship material.
2: He's had one yeah. that one title match against Cena in DC, yeah. like what over I a decade ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then he did win the twenty-fourth champion. So that even still, furthers is my point, is that even th- at some point, winning the belt does actually matter.
0: It's it, the it cherry on
1: top. It has to matter. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And sometimes it can save a person's career. Uh, look at gender. Yeah. The reason I was going to say, yeah. yeah. yep, yep, yeah. The reason why we do not hinder the gender anymore. It's because, it's because, God because he has champion. that one-time roll. Yeah, so same thing
2: with Colleen. Colleen's held the title. We'll, yep. we'll never say. Ugh. We say okay. He was a world heavyweight champion. Cool. No Some matter pe- what.
0: Some people need the gimmick of being champion. That mm-hmm. ends up being the gimmick they need. They they that need to have that as like their identity. That their gimmick is they are the champion. What I'm thinking, Duggan's getting at, thinking back to to his era of the '80s and all that when he you know height of his fame in WWF at the time. Yeah, Duggan and the other guy immediately comes to mind is Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. Both Correct. of them never held any gold in that era.
2: You know, WWF, not
0: in WWF, no. Yeah, because all there was was the single world title, the intercontinental title, and the tag titles. Mm-hmm. So there just mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys of that era where it was just you weren't gonna be a champion. It just wasn't gonna happen. But goddamn, I no one's gonna say Jake the Snake Roberts isn't yeah, a legendary gonna, damn wrestler. I'm not going to take that as that gimmick goes? So, Do you think that's Duggan think changes
2: kidding. his tune if him being the first Royal Rumble winner would have resulted in him getting a title shot at WrestleMania? Oh <laughs> would he have it changed me. his tune? Maybe. Maybe. I mean... Because he was the first one, right? That never got the yeah, title yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah.
0: Back so, before they were doing his title shots, yeah. Correct. Went until 93, they had the title shot. Part. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting premise there.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like it it is interesting, but that's kind of the thing when we think about how to uh, sum up and encapsulate a person's career, especially since we've been talking about a person's career for the past hour. um, It's like what are those things, and and you know we remember the moments, but it starts with the the title shot. Correct. Um, I I saved off Ziggler because I don't remember much about his WWE tenure, but I do remember the night after WrestleMania when he beat Del Rio. That and yeah, a lot it, of Intercontinental titles, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: exactly. And then don't forget about his uh his feud against Edge. I think that was probably one of the better low-key feuds that was probably overlooked, but it was a great story between him and Edge. Right. And that's when technically he won, I think he won his first title then, and then won the Money in the Bank after that.
2: And then and- don't forget Miz versus Diggler, uh, Ziggler, title versus career for the Intercontinental title, where that main evented a pay-per-view.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, ahead, yes. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it may have been true back then, but it's obviously not back then. And, uh, yes, uh, the title does matter. So,
0: there you go. There, there you go. go. Well, a lot of time talking about Sting tonight. A lot of time talking about revolution going down this weekend. So, what oh, is this weekend? That's this weekend. We're gonna, that's that's this weekend. <laughs> so, we're going to have a lot of talk about next week. There's a lot of going to be a lot of fallout of how this all shook out and how this all went down. And, hell, I think, uh, Dwayne's supposed to be on uh, Smackdown tomorrow night Along with the oh, Tribal Chiefs So we'll have our latest chapter in uh, what's going on there As we head into March So Yeah,
1: expect some new merch Because he trade he trademarked a bunch of his old catchphrases Oh yeah, he, he
0: got to own everything
1: everything. <laughs> everything
0: Somehow he got the rights to Rudy Boo And I'm like, Iceman King Parsons Needs to be getting a piece of that Rudy Boo <laughs> <laughs> Wow,
2: that, that is a wow reference there, Will <laughs> Holy crap
3: <laughs> He's on it today. You know I'm gonna take it back. You know has we'll, we'll been back. on the retro today? It must be the shirt.
0: <laughs> exactly. We're, we're 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 paying tribute to Sting tonight, so not bring up all the old shit. It is what it is. All right, folks, we got some overtime tonight out of us. So big show night with the crew. We'll see what's up next week and uh what's going on. But in the meantime, every Thursday night, eight PM, your big old belt wrestling podcast is right here, plus streaming on all kinds of platforms between X. Twitch, YouTube, all that great stuff, but can always be found at biggoldbelt.com/slash live. Each and every week, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Podcast version drops the next day. Of course, on social media, it's at Big Gold Belt for all your entertainment, comics, and wrestling needs. And of course, BigGoldBelt.com, wrestling, movies, comics, and more, all that good stuff going on on the website. 24 7 with a two chains dropping interviews left and right. So I'm sure he's busy tonight with something. That's why he is not with us. So there we go, folks. Thursday ne- next week, we will see what's up. We'll see what happened with Sting. We'll talk about that and where else is going on in wrestling. So until then, stay safe and we will talk to you later. Oh,